In this episode of Full Nerd, CPUs exploding and will Intel ditch its CPU brand? Intel. Welcome to episode 255 of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And special guest Steve Burke of Gamers Nexus is here. Hello. Thanks for having me. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the uh, vertical and horizontal. Yeah, Steve, uh, it's great to have you here. We're, we're twinners. We're, we're, we're literally right. wearing the, the, the same shirt to uh, yeah. all you audio listeners. It's a, a special edition. You don't sell this anymore, right? It was special edition. No, we did not. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. So wait, uh, I have a question because I ordered the 15th anniversary shirt. It said yeah. back ordered. So th- yeah. that means you will. I get it. It's not so like special, right? It's eventually will still come out. It will. Yeah. So we, for those shirts, since we're collecting the size distribution first, right? Like that's the problem with shirts is you have like maybe eight SKUs or something. So right. <laughs> yeah. I have to figure out how many to make of each one. But yeah, no, you'll get that. In- oh, I see. That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. And and by the way, um, I encourage you to go over to Gamers Nexus store. Uh, make sure you buy merch because uh, it helps funds the independent investigative stuff that Steve's done. And in fact, that's the reason why we got Steve on today. <laughs> Uh, in fact, go over to Gamers Nexus channel. I know you know. I, you, I don't need to tell you this because you're already subscribed. And uh, look at Steve's video and team on. We exploded the AMD Ryzen 7 7800X 3D and melted the motherboard video. You know, was that? You think that title was uh, literal enough? Because <laughs> like, I got to the I mean, end of did. that. Yeah. I was just yeah. We were just about ready to publish, and uh, I was so tired from working on it. I was like, I I don't know what the title is. Uh, we exploded the AMD CPU and melted a motherboard. <laughs> and it could have just gone like dot, 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 and then just some, like, you, you hit the keyboard by accident. And just well, that's, that's when you go too far into clickbait yeah. territory <laughs> is when you add the triple dots. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it was too literal because it, it does it does get across what happened because, right. you know, and I'll, I'll do the quick um, summary, but basically uh, there was... Uh, one recent explosion of an X3D damaged motherboard. There were a few other rising parts that are uh, also had kind of kind of melted and blew up. A few, yeah. but definitely a, a definitely a few. Um, and uh, Steve, uh, I think we talked about it last week. Basically, bought the motherboard and CPU from Speed Rookie, so you can do analysis. You actually bought another one too of a gigabyte yeah. board, and this was an ASUS board. Um, I. I want to have you on here because to me, what's I need to know, and you do say this in the video uh, on the and on on your channel as well. But to me, what the hell's going on here? Because <laughs> I'm like, well, I I want to know like how did this happen? I don't. And this this seems to be like a multifaceted problem. It's not just the CPUs exploding. <laughs> it's not it's not just Expo. Yeah. It's not just the the motherboard uh, overprotection limits. It's kind of a lot of things. It's definitely not just the Expo. That was we commented on that somewhere in the I don't know middle or last three quarters of the video. But that um, yeah, I think there was a little bit of a mis um, understanding maybe of Expo's involvement. So yeah. Expo is just timings and frequencies, and it's actually really cool. It's something that AMD kind of needs. Uh, it seems to work pretty well. Um, VSOC, the SOC voltage, which is the one that we'll get into a little more later, but that's the one that was causing a lot of these problems. VSOC is not configured by Expo. It's not stored in the sticks. Uh, so when motherboards fetch the Expo profile, 
any voltages they're applying, maybe other than the memory voltage, are uh, coming from the motherboard. So if the motherboard vendor sets a 1.4 volt SOC, which is a little too high, it's way too high, but then that's coming from the motherboard manufacturer, not from the sticks, which we mentioned because I was concerned that Expo would get a bad reputation where it is a possible trigger point to enable Expo, but it's not the cause of the failure. And we don't want AMD's uh, executives or legal team to look at this thing and go like, why are we offering this if if it's killing stuff? Right. Right. So. Yeah. And, you know, I, because last week when we talked about it, I basically got AMD statement. Uh, I got the one from Asus. And as I understood it, because when we started to talk about it, based on the information I got literally minutes before the show went on, I kind of understood, like, I sort of thought it was X setting expo, but the way I sort of understood it, let me ask you if this is correct or not, but the each board vendor, they look at the expo settings or XMP, basically what you want to run the memory mm. at. And then they basically, in order to hit the expo or XMP setting profiles, they sort of, they have their own magic sauce about how much voltage they need to run across the <laughs> CPU, right? Is that? Uh, they should, but I think a lot of it is simpler than that where, um, so I worked with Wendell from level one techs on a lot of this week. It was too much for just us to do. And he was like, I mean, Gordon, you know, Wendell, he was just yeah. su- super excited to help out. And uh, I love Wendell. Yeah. Every time, every time he got through with like something that would help us, he would ask me like, okay, what can I do to help you? Which was extremely helpful because we were slammed. So he, with his work and with our work, uh, it doesn't appear as if the SOC voltage is necessarily as maybe intelligent per kit as it should be, as you're kind of suggesting, you know, is the ideal usage. Right. Um, I feel like they apply it, the motherboard vendors apply the voltages in maybe a much sort of uh, wider sweeping way where it's like, okay, well, 1.35, everything will work. It's like the easy solution. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. To, to, do you, how, how much of the basics of the issue do you want to explain? Because I kind of jumped straight into like Expo and SOC, but we haven't. So what what do you in, well, I, I like, so we, uh, what's the root cause here? The, yeah. The, 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 the SOC voltage is simply too high. Is, is Yeah, there's sort of two, the quickest version of the whole thing is, um, there are two primary types of failure that are happening. So the the easier one to explain is actually the overcurrent protection, OCP. So on that ASUS board, uh, OCP was not, it was set way too high. So for people who don't know, overcurrent protection is a protection circuit that senses the current going into some part of a product, depends on what it is. And in the case of ASUS's, uh, I don't know what their actual number is, but it didn't trip when we were at like 38 amps. Uh, and so you're into like 400 plus watt territory at that point. So it's set high enough where it is not actually doing the protection part of the overcurrent protection. Uh, so that's one issue where it's just not tripping. It's not protecting the CPU. If it worked, then in theory, Maybe the CPU dies, but the motherboard shouldn't then catch on fire and incinerate itself. Right. Uh, the other issue 
is the SOC voltage, system on chip voltage, where uh, you have a couple voltages in a CPU that are surfaced and really important. V-core is one of them. You tweak that for stability, for overclocking. SOC voltage you might change for general system-wide stability, especially once you start tuning memory or setting high memory frequencies, which is why it is often coupled with applying Expo. And on Intel, you kind of have this with XMP and, and other voltages. So, yeah, so the SOC voltage and these official statement is that it should not be above 1.3 volts now. And some of the motherboards were running at, say, like 1.4 volts. And uh, theoretically, there's long-term degradation caused by blasting the SOC voltage too high. So you might not see an immediate failure. You might see a failure in a few months, which is probably why we're just seeing these pop up now. So, or at least most of them. Hmm. And so you were able to actually reproduce that too, because not only do you have, you know, a couple of bad, you know, burned up CPUs, one mm. damaged motherboard, you were able to reproduce it as well to find yeah. that out. That was really difficult though. So we tried a lot of really screwy stuff to repro the issue where uh, early on we were testing with, testing with the same type of board. We, um, we pulled the VRM heatsink, which is actually completely unnecessary for this and, and would, if anything, protect it, uh, which I can explain. But pulled the VRM heatsink so that we could get better access to probe the uh, SOC um, VRM. And then we soldered stuff in later. But one of the earlier attempts, we actually went as high as setting, I think it was like a 1.5 or 1.55 the SOC. And we were not able to kill anything. We pulled the cooler off with that setting, and it still didn't die. Like it, it shut down, it therm tripped at 100 and something degrees Celsius, but it didn't die, which was crazy. Probably degraded pretty bad, but uh, and, oh, and and real quick, what, what yeah is this the actual system that was already blown up, or is this a separate system? People are this, asking like what the configuration was. Yeah, this was our review sample and our review X70E Hero. Hmm. Um. We ended up killing a couple chips, and one of them, the one that finally worked was in the sort of final hours of testing where I overnighted another CPU and board from Amazon, uh, and we were able to get it to fail with the cooler actually still on, on top of it, and it didn't therm trip. It was, in the, it was in the upper 80s or lower 90s or something, so it was technically within spec, which is concerning uh, yeah failed that way <laughs> so that it makes more striking intro to your video though yeah no it was <laughs> and and wendell's quote of uh uh i don't know what word you guys allow but he had a quote that was pretty good that we had to censor so, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it was rapidly disassembled disassembled itself i think was that, that was another one oh, yeah <laughs> good good technical yeah. term neat and then when you when you actually were able to repro it that was you ran into the that OCP issue where it wasn't. Yeah. So we set a, the final test was, um, I say it all in the video, but I, I think it was Expo on, I manually set an SOC voltage of 1.45, which is high. Like it shouldn't be that high, but that was only like within 50 millivolts of where some of the board vendors were anyway. So Biostar has a board um, that is uh, over 1.4 volts Asus was running at between 1.39 and 1.42 volts, depending on the load, and that was auto. Uh, well, auto with X Expo, so their applied settings. And 
so we set a 1.45, not that much higher than 1.42. And as it, the platform heated up, so whenever you start adding heat, you have leakage. Uh, and so as the CPU started climbing in temperature, there's leakage and the SOC voltage actively probed climbed from our set 1.45 or so up to eventually it was like 1.5 something climbing over the period of the test. And that's when it snapped and, and shut down, which I think that shutdown was OCP kicking in. The problem is when we then turned it on again after that, OCP didn't work, uh, probably because the silicon had been damaged at this point. But that's the one that's the one part we can't determine right now. And um, it just shoved voltage into the or current rather into the chip uh, until it melted, incinerated itself. Right. And the, it, now the other thing that came up in your video is a, a little was a little disturbing as well is, um, you know, relying on the self-reported voltages was oh, simply yeah. not accurate, right? You, you, your probe voltages, again, you're directly attaching, you know, multimeters to the board itself. That was right. accurate, but the board, the CPU and boards were not reporting the correct voltage. Yeah, this is somewhat common. So on pretty much any board, you will have variation in the, sort of the get or the actual voltage versus the set point voltage. So in BIOS, it might say 1.341 volts. And then if you go probe it at different points of the board, you'll get different readings. But if you get as close as possible to the socket, it's like a, like a capacitor, MLCC cap on the back of the socket or something, you'll see that it's higher, normally higher. It depends on LLC settings too. So it could be technically lower, I guess, but it's different than the set point. And the degree of difference is the part that gets concerning where normally you might see maybe 10 millivolts or something like that. But once you start seeing 50 to 80 millivolts, 80 was the high side we saw like 80 is very far away from the number. It tells you when you're talking like 80 millivolts. Yes, it, it is millivolts, but you're talking about on a scale of like one point something. Yeah. Right. So, so it's actually kind of a lot. Uh, and I, I guess that comes yeah. down to the board design and where they're at what point they're measuring the voltage then. So comes from the board design, uh comes from the controller and also uh LLC settings, load line calibration, uh stuff like that. And so yeah, then and also software, whatever software you're using depends on where it's trying to read the SOC voltage from. So it's possible that your BIOS says a number that seems safe, like one point three zero, but maybe if you were to measure it directly, it might be at 1.35 or something. Huh. Okay. Um, so the other questions I have, you know, cause you know, we're in the media, we like to blame game. So who do you blame here? <laughs> uh, so who, who, who's the fault is the, that's going to get all the blame. I'm pretty upset with Asus, but they are not the only ones. So Asus just, um, over the OCP uh, issue, right? That's OCP also, was pretty bad. That's a pretty big oversight. Yeah, uh, and also their entire handling of the issue, I thought, was not good. I mean, they started with denying RMAs, and then they're like, "Oops, this is a real problem. Uh, we shouldn't do that." But yeah, so Asus gets a lot of blame, in my opinion. AMD gets some. I think the only thing that helps AMD here is a lot of their blame is related to communication not necessarily technical at least not yet so communication with uh press community or with board vendors board partners so i i think 
you start looking at the amount of board partners who are in violation of a safe SOC, and it's like either they all collaborated to make AMD look bad, <laughs> or more realistically, it wasn't communicated properly, or it was communicated by AMD incorrectly what the safe settings are, and the end result is a bunch of the board vendors are, are running voltages that are, for the long term, not desirable. Right. And that kind of points to it was a it, to me that points to communication by AMD um, to board vendors. That seems pretty common because yeah, you're right. Do they all just kind of conspire to do it incorrectly, or or you know, I guess it is possible that AMD said, "Hey, here's the here's a line." And then the board vendors are like, oh, well, we're going to go over that line because we have to, to to be number one. So, right. I mean, but that's just- possible too, right? Like, it's definitely it's possible that the board vendors said, so we're working on some stuff. I can't um, fully detail right now, sure. but there, uh, there are good reasons for them to blast the SOC voltage if they're making certain claims about their product. Uh, that require that voltage. So, uh, you know, the the alternative is, well, we could back down on our claims and we could sell something with a lower number than one of our competitors. Yeah. But then the number on the box is lower, therefore bad. Yeah. So I think that's that's the problem you get into. Um, But AMD probably still should have been providing some level of validation or QC where it's not entirely their, like, it's not their fault, I guess, if the board vendor decides to set a stupid voltage, but it reflects poorly on their product, right? right. Like all the posts were about Definitely. the CPU. Yeah. So, so I think that in, in their own best interest, they should probably do a little more. I mean, what we did is not difficult to, yeah. to check the voltage coming out. So they should at least do that. Hmm. Uh, well, as, as the, the stupid guy in the room, the, the question I have, which we've, we've seen a lot before too. I mean, even in the chat today, like how worried should somebody be, like I, I've seen plenty of people be like, "Oh man, I, I'm running this right now. I, I don't want to turn it on or Expo or anything like that." Uh, also, there's some people who are like, "Oh, you know what? I I was going to buy one. Now I'm I'm not going to buy one." Like, how how worried do you think people should be, Steve? Uh, I think if you are uh, certainly, I'll start with a few different categories of user. I guess I think if you're a more skilled user who maybe has some OC experience, you're not scared of manually tuning down voltages or you have experience uh, undervolting or something and finding that stability point. Cause like when you're undervolting, the only thing you really have to worry about is, does it, is it stable? Mm-hmm. You don't really have to worry about killing it. It's just, it might not perform well or it might not be stable. So if, if you have experience with those things, uh, unless there is some additional physical failure at a CPU level that we discover with the failure analysis lab we're working with currently, I think you're fine. If you go in there, you tune the SOC voltage, you try to bring it down as low as you can, maybe throw vCore in there while you're at it. And now not only is it going to run cooler, more efficient. So, you, you know, it's like, it's probably worth the time, but also you're in safer territory and it's something you've completely controlled. So you don't have to worry about a vendor doing something screwy. Mm-hmm. So if, if you bring it down to say 1.25, the likelihood for most boards of it being 50 millivolts out of whack and hitting over 1.3 is pretty low. Hmm. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry at that point. Uh, for other users, I would absolutely not trust that this issue is resolved just from the latest BIOS. Um, so definitely flash new BIOS. Some of them are extremely unstable. So that kind of sucks. 
and check the uh, the SOC voltage and hardware info. Hopefully, it's mostly accurate, plus or minus 50 to 80 millivolts. And if you're seeing numbers 1.3 and below, then uh, you know you're in okay territory. It just depends on how much is that deviation if you're to measure directly. And I think if you add in a buffer of let's let's take the worst case scenario, say 80 millivolts. If you're seeing a number that's like 1.24 or so, then you're probably fine. Chances are you're in good shape. So, hmm. so I, I wouldn't. I don't think people need to like panic and freak out over it. I think it does take some. I it takes distrust of what the motherboard vendors are doing. Hmm. And to load hardware info, it's free, really good utility, and uh, check the SOC voltage. But, but it's clear the vendors, the motherboard vendors are trying to correct this with BIOS updates, but it's a little disturbing that like, Hey, here's a new BIOS. Oh no, actually no. I, I, and it really makes me think like, what the hell's going on here? Because I mean, I understand that, you know, when there's an issue, you're kind of caught flat footed, but this seems like really, they didn't really have a fix here. It just, it's just not a, it's not a good look, even, even though the risk factors seem, you know, fairly small, but still it just looks terrible. Right. I mean, what? yeah. Well, I mean like, yeah, it, Asus, whoever is making the t- decisions to push all these BIOSes, that person or that team, uh, that group of people is not a group of people I would want to be in an emergency with because they are panicking. <laughs> like, mm. it's new BIOS. It was daily for a little bit, and they were pulling them. They were adding new ones. Uh, they're getting the name of the CPUs wrong. They had a six-dimensional CPU at one point, which I guess is not only vertically stacked cache, but cache that transcends like time, space, and spirituality <laughs> or something. <Ooh>. And, uh, <laughs> and they were also retconning the CPU support list for their BIOSes. And all of these things to me scream like, stay away from these updates uh, until they've had some time. Because when they panic like that, the chance of introducing a new, more serious issue, I think is concerningly high. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those where they start making enough of the same type of mistake and you should be, you should wait for them to have a chance to let other users find the problems. Hmm. Well, so, yeah, I just don't understand why, because we're not talking $120 motherboards who so we're talking seven hundred, right. $800 motherboards yeah. that, that that are having issues. It, it's a it's it doesn't it doesn't build faith. Although I, I do want to ask about that thing that is again that kind of is going to make people uneasy is clearly the original speed rookie board. That person did have Expo enabled. Uh, uh, he or she said no overclocking. But the second board you have, which is a gigabyte board, board's fine, chip is fried. That person didn't enable Expo or do anything apparently. What Correct. Said, right? As far as we're aware, yeah, they did not enable Expo. They this actually this brings up a good point that people should be aware of if they're building computers. Uh, they haven't built one yet. So that user was on BIOS F2, which is pretty old BIOS for Gigabyte. It's not their fault. The board shipped with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they then went to Flash to F5A. It completed the Flash. We know because we booted it. It was an F5A, which the F5A is now gone. By the way, they've pulled that BIOS, mm-hmm. which I suspect is related. <laughs> And um, uh, in the process of flashing, it died. The CPU died. So, yeah, so I think a good takeaway here for someone who's watching all this and they're like, so what about me, right? Like, if you're going to build a new computer with XRD, 
even if the motherboard is new in box and you buy it three months from now, just check the BIOS and assume that it's maybe not a, a version that is, I guess, a correct one at this point. Yeah. And flash the BIOS because we just bought a board. We're including this in our next story, but we bought a board brand new in box, shipped from Amazon, and it had a BIOS that was older than the reviewer BIOS. So it was from like August or September. Wow. Oh. That was retail. So it's just been maybe on the shelf for that long. Dang. Uh, and so, yeah, so point is, like, even if you buy a board in six months from now, judging by our experience, the BIOS may not be because mm-hmm. they didn't recall these. So they're not reflashing them. Right. And generally, I think probably a good rule is if it's a new platform, you're, you're going to really, especially, you know, when there's a lot of, there's always going to be bugs in a totally new platform. AM5 is new. You're gonna want to. You're gonna want to flash. I know a lot of. There's definitely some people who say, "Oh, I'm not gonna mess with it because it's working." But I generally try to update the BIOS if I can. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a couple more follow-up questions. Uh, um, Ivan Ramazanov. Sorry, butchering your name. Um, Nvidia restricts almost anything you can do with their chips. Should AMD do the same now? Uh. No, <laughs> I think restrictions like NVIDIA's restrictions are so far overboard that they become damaging to enthusiasts in general. Uh, it becomes very Apple-like, like, here's the product, you're happy now. You know, like, it's really weird. <laughs> uh, so I, I that is a... That's a big concern for me is how, what is AMD's executive or legal level reaction to this where, you know, there's there's people in their labs we know who I think share the enthusiast concern, which is what happens to all of the cool levers and knobs we get. Uh, and that is probably not really up to them. You know, it's probably comes from higher up the chain. So I think there's a possibility that we end up in a, this is why we can't have nice things situation where AMD's higher ups go, why are we even offering this if it's going to screw us over? But hopefully the end result is all they do is add some validation for their board partners and add a line to the checklist and check for the things that can kill the parts. Uh, And if they do that, then I I think there's no reason to take other stuff away. Yeah. And it also feels like, you know, because if, it does feel like there was a breakdown in communication somewhere, you know, working in many corporations where there's always not, the policy is to only have breakdowns in communication. It feels like the companies should go like, okay, let's, we need to have a way to communicate. So right. one department needs somebody who's like, okay, we're going to make sure your job is to make sure everybody's communicated. Here's a line. Here's a red line. Please do not go over this red line. If you do, it's on you, you know, your brand. But Or or make it, if they want to have a thing where it can go over the red line, it, do the user prompt thing where it's like, hey, you're in territory now where we are considering this overvolting or whatever they want to call it. Uh, and so don't do this unless, you know, you want to avoid the warranty and okay. They can never actually prove what you did right. and avoid the warranty realistically. But the point of it is more of to say like, it's not supposed to be this high. So it's more about, you know, that warning where you're like, Oh, okay. I didn't know that 1.4 was bad. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I Do you think that some, some of it is a little bit, people are just sort of like, 
if I can, if they give me access to this, I can't hurt it kind of thing. Like, like frankly, because last week when it seemed like simply a lot of it was enabling Expo, um, it felt like, well, Expo we know is, you know, 99.999% and, and just like, you know, XMP safe. Right. But right. it felt like maybe it should have been like, yeah, maybe it's 5% not safe. Right. But I, I just wonder if people just take it for granted that you can't actually damage things, but. Clearly. I think there's there's probably some of that. I think with uh, you make a good point with Expo, where Expo and XMP fall in the same bucket. Where it's, I mean, I, I was talking to someone else who's probably watching the show right now about this, but um, Expo is one of those things where it, it's so embedded at this point, like XMP is. It's be, like for all intents and purposes, call it XMP. Yeah. Where if you post a your brand new build on Build a PC on Reddit. And someone notices XMP isn't on or Expo isn't on, then like you get called an idiot, right? Like that's what are you doing? You you spent five thousand dollars on a computer, you didn't even enable XMP. So I don't think you can really blame the users for assuming it's safe because it's functionally uh, assumed that it's always on, right? Or should be the first thing you turn on, and you do leave a lot of performance on the table if you don't. So yeah, I think giving that particular lever to a user the user is assuming this is safe because Expo is safe. It's the things they attach to it that are maybe not. Right. Yeah. So. That was my concern, what you were saying about we can't have nice things. That was one right. of my concerns watching your video. I'm like, oh, no, I hope they don't lock all this down. Because really the core issue is, like you were saying, the communication between the motherboard partners and AMD. Like if I'm over volting my CPU or my GPU or whatever and blow it up, Hey, I know what I'm doing. That's fine. Or it's not fine. It's your, no. your expected. Right. Yeah. 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 But anything that gets shipped to you out of the box as a feature and you just hit on, like, that's where there should be much clearer lines of communication. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like <laughs> if you got into your your automatic car and you push the button that says sport, you know, and then the engine exploded. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, I didn't think, I didn't think that was going to, I thought there was some level of still automatic shifting, right? Like, Right. Uh, so I think Expo is kind of in that camp where it's it's assumed this is a button that you will push, and the product should still work. Yeah, so. that's that's why it's also like both XMP and, and Expo are just you know it's it's damn near one hundred percent safe, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I think the fueling by everybody is there, and and it is there, but as, as you point out, it's all the other what's attached to getting it there that might be the issue by the by the board vendors so right and, and also if we're going to start playing games with what is and isn't supported so like expo technically isn't supported by warranties i guess from what some of the users were telling us when they were trying to rma stuff right um you know we did that sort of test on intel's warranty department a very long time ago with xmp and uh no one seemed to care when we said like they would ask if we had xmp on and if you say yes, it didn't seem like. I guess it depended on what support agent you got, how how much they understood. But um, yeah, you, but like in that video yeah. you did, you tried to get them to like to to say no, but they just like whatever. <laughs> right. I don't care. Send it back. Yeah. Send it. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think AMD is in the same spot. But if board vendors like ASUS is out there telling everyone hit F five and run default, uh. I think if we're going to start playing the game of don't use Expo, 
as guidance, then I'm going to stop using Expo in my reviews, right? So it, yep. it's because that's the message they're sending, and so right. you get yeah, you get this malicious compliance where it's like, okay, you don't want Expo on, then we won't turn it on, and now none of your parts are competitive. Congratulations. So I, I don't think we're going to go that far because I think probably AMD and the board vendors are aware of that and know it would be bad for them. Yeah, and it also feels to me like they can't... I would hope they wouldn't start locking things down because they understand the appeal of buying an $800 motherboard is getting in and turning knobs and having all these features... 80% of you don't understand because like, <laughs> I don't know right, what this thing yeah. does, but you love having that access. So I can't see them backing down so hard off of that, that it kind of ruins it for enthusiasts. So. I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of business in selling high-end parts. And if they start clamping down all the features, then Andy's got a lot of partners who would be very upset. So, you know, hopefully hopefully the overclocking stuff and, and all that is safe and they just add some extra pop-ups that are like, Hey, this is dangerous, and then you let the user decide. Right. A uh, couple follow-up questions. Uh, Who's this? A friend of the show, New Tech, asked. Um, uh, Buildzoid at actual hardware overclocking had very strange issues with a gigabyte board uh, reset, resetting the uh, VCO. Uh, <laughs> sorry, VSOC yeah. values. Did you encounter the same thing? Also, have you seen the video? I'm a. I haven't seen that video from him, but I was talking to Buildzoid the other day. Uh, I. I'm assuming he saw that section of our video. I'm not sure, but the gigabyte board we were working on, we showed it briefly in the video where if you type in auto or you load optimized defaults, it will not actually do those things. So the last voltage you manually typed in remains, even if you type auto or reset. So if you typed in 1.4 by accident and you're like, oops, didn't mean to do that. And you load defaults, F10, save and reset. Uh, it will now say auto in BIOS, but if you probe it, it's at like the number that you set plus Ooh. some. That's bad. It was really bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very bad. Yeah. So I have to ask you, has Asus or Gigabyte gotten back to you? Because both these seem like just kind of like QA BIOS bugs, but you would not expect in a very expensive motherboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you, you definitely wouldn't. Uh, the only thing... Asus said we included it in our video. All they basically did was say AMD told us to do this. Uh, and um, they kind of mm, threw it to AMD. Sort so, of that communication issue we're, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, right. That occurred. So, uh, so one thing I also want to know about is, you know, we went from, it's, it's crazy, we went from, 7800X3D being the best thing since sliced bread uh, a month ago to now the standard internet overcorrection. Like this, the the people that are saying, oh, I'm so glad I didn't buy one of these. These things are terrible. Like, like how the hell did we get here? Like, and it's just, it, it seems kind of crazy. What do you, what would you want to say to those people? Cause, cause I will say if, if AMD went from the absolute win they had from the original 7800X3D launch to now everybody wants to think, oh my God, I don't want to, don't, definitely don't buy one of these. These are blowing up. And then, cause, cause that's going to make AMD say like, yeah, okay, let's, let's, let's right. li- li- lock these things down. What do you want to say to that crowd? Are they overreacting? I mean, should they just like, I think I was jump in on this chat message, something about like, please reproduce the Asus reply or something. 
Um, that's in our video. So it, it's out there if it's needed. But uh, yeah, I think there's anytime stuff like this happens, 12 volt high power is a good reminder where you had a couple burn up, which is very bad. Uh, however, I think what I recall of the time between people starting to sort of cover it, like be, because Igor and Jay and those guys were before us, before people started covering it, uh, but after the first post were on Reddit, I remember the sentiment kind of in the comments being like, these are all time bombs and they're all going to catch on fire. Yes. Right. Classic. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of where this was going to, where the, which is why we pushed as hard as we could to get get something up without skipping steps. And the uh, the internet direction with it on Reddit especially was very much like, uh, it's kind of like who's next. You know, it's like everyone <laughs> everyone thinks they're going to be the next one posting a burned up CPU. I don't think we're actually there where it's like a hundred percent of these CPUs in the field have had permanent bad degradation and they're all doomed to die at some point. We're not there. So I, you know, I do think it was a standard kind of overcorrection. A lot of this is solvable through firmware, which is great. Like that, that's actually awesome news. Uh, as far as I understand it, there's some hardware fixes in the works as well, but I don't think hmm. I, most of those haven't been shared in detail with me, but I know they're happening. So for the firmware stuff, yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah, overcorrection because yeah. this can be resolved, but the motherboard vendors need to like slow down and do it properly and stop freaking out. And then it should be fine. Yeah. So. Uh, and I'll point out a comment from BatTech. Just by Intel period, problem solved. Thank you, said Pat Gelsinger this morning to this. <laughs> <laughs> Intel. You just, Intel. Just, yeah. Intel, the ones who, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about that today where uh, there's been so much discussion about our, I think, I think this was brought up on the WAN show or something, but there was a question about are more parts dying now than previously. And I, I don't, I think we're, you're always just more aware of the present, but in this particular situation, CPUs are kind of unique. And then you think about it though, and it's like, well, but what was AMD doing for like a decade right before Ryzen? And the answer is basically nothing. Uh, (laughs) They were on the same sort of architecture forever. Intel was refreshing the same architecture for like eight years. So I guess it makes sense. They start moving to new platforms. Like they just moved to AM5 and that's, right when you move is when the issues pop up just like right when Ryzen one launched all the issues with memory popped up right so yeah 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 no it's it, there's the classic grass is always greener kind of a sentiment I yeah think, so. right but well, yeah plus no- intel was the ones not not many years ago who themselves uh had all of their board vendors blasting vcore unnecessarily like on the gigabyte z i think it was z270 we did a piece on where they were running vCore so high that the CPU under a good cooler was at like 95 degrees Celsius. And then we cut it. I think we cut it from like 1.4 to 1.2 something and temperature dropped by like 20 plus degrees and it was still completely stable, still held all the clocks. So like this problem is not new. The board vendors did this to Intel also, and it was also largely Intel's communication problem. It's it's like a carbon copy. Yeah. No, you know what's funny is I think back to Intel motherboards. Like Intel actual man well, I'm sure they you know, they weren't actual Intel factories. They were they were 
they were manufactured for them, but to Intel spec, Intel branded, Intel sold in the Intel box. And I used to try to use them. I mean, the classic, like going all the way back to like, you know, 20 years ago, like, you know, every single vendor was like, you know, like Asus is like, oh, well, a PCIe is 100 megahertz. We're at 100.5. And then a gigabyte would be like, well, we're 100.6. Right. And then, you know, an MSI is like, well, we're 100.7. Like, it's a, it's pretty stable, you know, <laughs> because right. they want pretty, it to be pretty the, stable. And then you yeah. pull the Intel board out, it'd be like 99.8. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like at the right. bottom of the list. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, you know, it's like there's a reason sometimes why I almost kind of miss the Intel motherboard days because you knew it was like made for stability, but it was always going to lose in every single contest. And yeah. then, of course, <laughs> then every single body, every single customer on the Internet is like, I don't want an Intel board. Those things are slow as hell. It's like, you know, the difference between 101 point, you know, 100.5 and 99.8 is like, like, so but yeah, I yeah. just know every board vendor, they always have to push it because it's always so focused on on the being it first first across the line is nobody cares who lost the super bowl i don't even know who lost the super bowl this year i know who won. i don't even know who played well, i know the chiefs won paul paul I didn't even know there was, was happy he was drunk for days i'm sure but i i just wow. say it's just like nobody nobody cares about number 2 and I, I think it's just we feed into it you know we all love being first telling people what's the fastest but you know you know it's there's something to be said for like you know we make the board vendors do this. I mean, I can't completely blame board vendors for always doing that because they, I know the product manager is like, Hey, how come we got a bad review from this, 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 well, what do you want to do? We need to overclock PCIe. Yeah. Go ahead. Do it. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. More voltage. That's But that's beyond the red line. I don't care. We got to sell more boards, you know? It's just, yeah. It's, Fortunately, it's, I don't think board reviews, uh, do that as much as they used to. Yeah. Like, there's not as many board reviews where you used to see these lists and it's like bar chart, higher, better. Here's the FPS for whatever board, right. which was always kind of a silly test because <laughs> the answer is it's the same unless they like really screwed something up or they super cheated with their settings. Right. So yeah. I think uh, for the most part, you know, those parts, the CPUs, one to the next, they're they're going to perform the same if the boards have the same settings. So fortunately, I think we've somewhat gotten away from that as a community, but it doesn't change the fact that PMs or marketing or whoever drives the decision says we want the largest number on the side of the box. You know, they support DDR5, 6,000. Can we go to 6,600 or right. whatever? Hmm. Uh, so yeah, and, and so there's a it's a cycle where consumers feed into it, but I do think the companies are ultimately responsible for their decisions. Yeah, no, they definitely just, are. Yeah, it's just the responsible thing to be like, well, we could put a bigger number, but then it might kill a part. Should we actually do that? You know, like. <laughs> and it also gets back to what you were saying earlier. Like to me, those motherboard companies are competing with the rules that AMD and Intel give them. Right. So it goes back up the chain to them too. I think. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> so. And that's where uh, you guys probably have a. Uh, I mean, Gordon especially would remember this, but. Where Intel over the years, they, whenever the board vendors tweak the settings, if you go ask Intel about it for a statement, they're like, well, we provide guidance. Right. Right. There is, it's, it's not a, it's outside of spec. It's, is it within guidance? And that's them trying to not go too far and limit the creativity of the board partners. But I think there's a step between where it's like, 
you stop them from hurting the consumer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but still allow the functionality. No, it's true, overcurrent right? protection, not overcurrent plus. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I do wonder because, yeah, no, they, they and that's that's what I actually kind of like is that that zone, right? There's They they give the board vendors the freedom to be, like you say, creative. And creative right. is like, we're going we're gonna to push it to the edge and we're going to go just a little bit more on that knob because they – they just want to give you more. And I, that's yeah. one of the coolest things, but I kind of wonder maybe, and then maybe that's just maybe modern, you know, the processes are so stressed out that maybe the, you just, you would just kind of hope they're staying within the safety margins, but I, right. I guess maybe it's getting so hard to, I don't know. It's an interesting talk with the board vendors and Intel, but maybe the old models don't work as much anymore, but you know, I mean, that's one thing that we have to hope, that stays in our community is the ability to have that freedom to have fun. Cause yeah. you don't, you don't want to have a stupid car that doesn't let you have fun, you know, like where everything is just, you know? Yeah. Like there's a place for those. Right. And then there's a place for something that's tunable too. So right. yeah, if you want a system that's like fully locked down and definitely not going to self-destruct, then I guess you buy some Dell dimension right. or, HP, whatever they pavilion or something. Right. So, yeah. yeah. 99.9% the lawyers are in charge. Uptime. The lawyers are in charge. So. Uh, got a, a couple good questions on this topic. I, I know we're running short on time for you, Steve, but a uh, couple topic related and then a couple untopic related. Uh, Gino had a good question. Any guidance from people who ran in uh, ran their chips at unsafe voltage for a week or two before the before this broke, but didn't experience anything catastrophic? Uh, did they experience de- degradation? Should they pursue RMAs? I so the for a week or two degradation. I think is so to answer the question of it, has my chip degraded. The the only actual way to know the answer to that is if you have really clean A/B testing, like as in you built the system, you ran some kind of testing with the assumption you will need to know if it's degraded later. And then you can test it again after the fact. And the things you would test for would be stuff like, can it still support the super high memory frequency I was running when I first built it? Maybe you were borderline stable on some memory tuning. And after some time running at high SOC voltages, it's degraded and now it's not stable anymore. You're getting blue screens. That might be why. It could also be a Windows update. <laughs> so, uh, And then likewise, uh I mean, frequency boosting, you can see if the frequency is decaying over time. But all these things require such clean data, and there's so many other variables, like maybe the cooler has started clogging with gunk because it's defective or whatever, that realistically it becomes hard to actually know if it's degraded. And in terms of a week or two, just to put, put people at ease, I would not worry about that. I mean, I don't think you have anything to worry about. If your board was running at like 1.5 volts SOC, which I don't think I've heard of a board doing that, uh, then I I would return the chip, I guess, and buy a new one. But I'm not aware of any boards running that high. The ones we're talking about, they're at like 1.4 volts or something, 1.4 and some change. And in those scenarios, a week or two, just like put it out of your mind, update your BIOS, and just move forward with your system. Like you don't need to you don't need to be anxious about it. You've been running for months like that, and it was like 1.42, like on our ASUS board. Uh, personally, even though I would not 
be able to verify if my chip has degraded, I would probably seek a replacement, whatever I have to do to get it. Just so, cause for me, it's like the goal is I don't ever want to have to worry about this. And the way to fix it for me personally, would be after three, four months. If I find out it's been running 1.42 volts the whole time, I've had it under a load hundred percent of the time, whatever, um, rendering or something, <laughs> then I would probably seek a replacement just so I don't have to worry about it again. Mm. I'm sure, you know, like it's, it's maybe a little overkill, but uh, let's just have, you know, that's what would make me feel better. But if you're talking weeks, I wouldn't worry about it. Mm. Uh, and then the last uh, on topic questions from front of the show, Ziv uh, says, uh, beyond the short-term BIOS updates, is there any general sweet spot voltage or range of v- VSOC that you'd recommend for longevity on AM5? sweet spot voltage for oh beyond the bios updates yeah um the official amd i think indication now is well they're saying no higher than 1.3 when i was talking to uh some people i can't name from amd it sounds like the general sort of target is 1.2 to 1.25 is the like optimal you're not going to have any problems type of voltage so it'll be stable but you also won't, won't burn it up It'll be like stable asterisk. Yeah, it definitely asterisk, won't yeah. burn up. Yeah, absolutely will not burn up at 1.2, 1.25. Uh, if we are to believe them, then at 1.3 either. You know, they're saying that's safe. I like 1.25 because it allows for 50 millivolts of error. Maybe they've already accounted for that error, you know, with their 1.3 number. But if they haven't, 1.25 gets you to almost definitely under 1.3. Hmm. Uh, so there may be the asterisk there is there may be some stability problems with higher spec memory kits mm. and um i mean i don't know that's just that well, that's the whole point that's why they're running the soc voltage so high on some of these boards is because of the lazy way to make it work so you might lose some stability and you could downglock the frequency a little bit or you could just run it higher soc or tune it with vddio or something uh, another question for Steve from Kieran Ambody. I just want to read this because this person is probably going to be, you know, a lot of hand wringing here. I have new components sitting unopened: the 7950X and a Gigabyte X670. Is it safe to wait for? Is it safe to wait for stable BIOS, or do you suggest go ahead and building it? Please suggest. I would just build it. I, I mean, I would definitely just build it because you're still like to put it all back in perspective. We're talking about a handful of people who actually posted failures and we're talking about, it took my team over a hundred hours and a week of time to intentionally produce a failure. So realistically, uh, I would just build it. If something catastrophic does happen and you're, you roll the one near the astronomical odds, then, <laughs> you know, at least now this is so public that you'll be supported by the vendors. But yeah, I, I'd build it. You could run auto settings. You should update BIOS anyway, and then probably check back in a in a couple of weeks or a month and update it again when it's when they finalize their fixes. And if you're really concerned, like you were saying, then go in and check the voltage as well. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Download hardware, I guess. Yeah. And I and again, I I just want to stress. I know people are going to say I'm just being a you know, AMD fanboy, but do not over overreact to this. I mean, it feels like to me. I mean, it's it sucks. I mean, there's definitely a you know some fumble here, but um, it feels like in the end this is not even going to affect as many parts. Hopefully, as told high power, I, which was yeah right. right. I we think hope. this is in that twelve volt high power cable territory where it's this one isn't user error. 
but I think it is, uh, it was caught early enough that, you know, if you had your heart set on a 7,800 X3D, you did all this research and you decided, okay, I want this one. Like, I, I know what that feels like when you pick the product right. you want and now your heart is set on it, right? You don't want to change it. Uh, and I think we're in a situation where that's fine. Just, just build with like, don't, don't go spend 80 hours doing research and changing your whole build around and dealing with RMAs. Like just, just be happy with it, build it. And, uh, like Brad was, was saying, check hardware info or something for SOC voltage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple super chats, uh, comments. Pe- people love having you on the show. Steve, uh, Esco monster said, awesome. Bruce Lucas said, uh, thanks Steve. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Denevra one G one says, uh, where are the Steve Funko pops? Uh, <laughs> Steve's biggest fanboy gave us a five dollar super chat. Said, "Oh my god, best day ever! If I was wearing underwear, I'd totally be throwing them on stage." Uh, so, there you go, Steve. Uh, and then uh, a couple of random questions from a friend of the show, Starscream, over on our Discord. Uh, more PSU testing videos when? Uh, we need to fix our power supply tester. Oh, the no. thermal take one we reviewed last when. I forget which protection circuit it was now, but one of the protection circuits didn't work on it, on the thermal take power supply. Mm. And when it didn't work, it killed not only the power supply, but the board with all the relays on it on our tester. Wow. Whoops. <laughs> which is a thing that can happen with any power supply tester. It doesn't matter how high end it is. Mm. Like, it's, the power's got nowhere to go, so mm. it goes through the last thing it can go through. So you're saying buy more Gamers Nexus t-shirts to help f- fix the power supply. Right, yes. yes. So, yes. so we can repair it. <laughs> yeah. All right, the, another quick, uh, fan test videos when? One more. Yeah, that's a good one. So this I mentioned, I've replied to a couple comments here and there about this. Uh, so we move really slowly with introducing new types of testing, and it's a mixture of things. It's a mixture of trying to get it perfect and not make any mistakes. And it's also a mixture of we have things like this AMD uh, X3D thing get thrown in and shift the entire schedule. Mm -hmm. So like I said, originally, I don't have a hard timeline for it. But to give perspective, the power supply tester, we first introduced and showed that, I think, two and a half or three years before we actually published a video using it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be the same for this one, too. We're we're approaching that, that two year area. So uh, I don't know. I hope to get to the, the machine and actually work on it and, and learn everything properly sometime this year. It just depends on how many more catastrophic failures get thrown our way. <laughs> yeah. If things so. would only stop catching on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, the launches, you know, are pretty crazy these days too, right? Cause everything takes time out of, right. So I feel like the, yeah. the times that I've seen the, it's kind of like the bat signal up in the sky. It's a GN signal. Right. Oh my God, there's something on fire. Send Steve. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no, you know, I, mean, I really like that kind of content so <laughs> you know and i think everybody does appreciate it too because you know i think you know again um you know your investigation in your team you know it it, it one gives deeper insight into something because it, it's clearly just some some dude or dudette on the internet you don't know so you've actually got mm-hmm. the hardware in your hand you've tested it you've reproduced it and i, I think it actually serves the and i just want to say this because it's it's worth saying again that it serves the community because if frankly, if you not if you had not reproduced it and you hadn't done the testing, we know how these things build up. Then it just mm. then the ball keeps rolling down the hill, the snowball right. gets bigger, and then suddenly it's like, Oh my god, I just can't and it's sometimes it just the narrative gets out of control and it's better to kind of get a handle on it earlier, I think. 
Yeah, I think it either gets out of control or uh, depending on how clever the manufacturer's team is, I guess, or it just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, someone internally is going like, hey, do we have anything we can like leak or launch? <laughs> oh, you got you have a shroud? Okay, let's show the shroud. Let's get everyone talking about the shroud. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think those are your, your kind of two options. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's really fun content. I, yeah. I like doing this. No, it's good, too, because I, I think it just it serves everybody to get actual, you know, facts instead of, yep. you know, because we, a lot of reporting these days is just simply, you know, you're repeating and never getting to any depth sometimes. So that's, yeah, I, I just we, and we all do that. Yeah. yeah everyone we, does their, their news videos. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> to a certain yeah. point, you know, but not to inflame it. Sometimes it does seem like there's, you know, just sometimes inflaming of it. So right. it's preferred to get to. <laughs> A deeper, deeper. The, the outrage pony needs to ride, Gordon. Don't deny it does. the outrage pony. Those, when when you guys sent the shirts, uh, the outrage pony apparel went first. Like <laughs> yeah. I put it out for. It's definitely for the, the hottest uh, seller on our store. That's that's for sure. Get your outrage <laughs> pony shirt now. It does yeah. feel like people are you know a little tired. I mean, people are not getting on the ponies much these days. But I know something will come along and people will get angry about it again. So. You're getting the, you know, the, it's starting to chafe down there with the saddle. Uh, a couple more. <laughs> um, uh, friend of the show, Travis Peacock. Uh, what's up, Travis? Asked, uh, uh, asked Steve how happy he is now that almost every case manufacturer listened to to him and have airflow options at every price point. I mean, I'm, uh, I don't know how many of them listened to us or figured it out or whatever, but I'm definitely happy that the case manufacturers have, at least if they ship something closed off now, they probably have an alternative that's not so closed off. So, but I mean, Mike Chin from Silent PC Review uh, probably over a decade ago was pushing for similar stuff. So I think it just goes in cycles, right? Like how loud is the industry about it? Yeah. Although his was always focusing on quiet. So. Right. It's funny. Cause I, I think of like a lot of those early closed off cases. <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't have good airflow. So but no. they were quiet. So. <laughs> the site's still up too. Silent off. PC review. Mike Chen is like that's yeah. like old school goodness there. On, uh, <laughs> we we worked with him recently on some stuff that uh, I don't know when it'll we'll talk about it, but um, yeah, his the point he was making was he never liked dust filters in cases either because a lot of the times you just end up with dust filter aligning with mesh and now there's no airflow at all. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually, you know, my, one of my favorite cases from way back then was um, Cooler Master High Airflow, which was a high dust flow. Yeah. Because that thing was like, like we're not stopping anything from getting your case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I like I liked the industrial look of it, so. Yeah, half X. I still have some of those, um, those, those Antec cases that he worked with them on too. I don't know if you remember those. You, you should do, uh, you should open up the, Gordon Ma on Museum of Shitty Hardware. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you know, the idea. bad thing is I've gotten rid of it so much of it. I was just like, you know, Wendell did that 64-bit, uh, you know, AMD 64 video. He's like, you got any old hardware? It's like, oh. it's like I don't think I do. I, 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 I got rid of a lot of it. A lot of it was just kind of left at the office, you know, when I left right. my Mac PC. So I do like the old hardware stuff because it's just, it is crazy. Yeah. It is really true too, just how crappy hardware used to be, and it just seemed like it was cool back then. But now, like the level of sophistication and engineering that goes into cases, coolers, and everything yeah. is amazing. It's like a hundred times better than everything. Yeah, back and then. they're still advancing it, which you really wouldn't think that something like a tower cooler could get better because it's like 
it's not that complex at the heart of it. You know, it's only a few parts, but then they actually do keep improving, which is awesome because that means we have interesting stuff to, you know, keep building PCs with. It's not just, mm-hmm. it's not like we stopped at the Hyper 212 and went, okay, this is it. We've done it. We've perfected <laughs> it. Pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also gotten so complicated too, because it is, right. it is almost like not looking at a 1972 Chevy. Like, so what, like, oh, so that's no, what a PC was analogy. like from like 20 years ago, right? Well, I mean, there's like five <laughs> parts, carburetor. <laughs> but I'm like, looking at the cars today, like my car, like it's basically a rolling computer, which yeah. is cool, but like you can't do anything. And the amount of bugs in it, in the software is just horrible. And like the fact that you have a BIOS, like, when you click default, it doesn't go to the actual default. <laughs> it's like, what happened to like, like who was like who did you get that day was like oh man we were out at the bar last night what do you do I'm yeah. pushing the bios out today it's like oh I'm kind of hungover but <laughs> well, back, I guess it back works. in the day back in the day you might have had just had a jumper where yeah you know if it's not physically in the jumped <laughs> position then the only person at fault is the user at some point so it just it just says something like I I I just like things are so complicated now like software I mean maybe it is because. When it was just hardware, it didn't have as many part places you can screw up. Whereas now, well, you it's know what, Gordon? I, I think I think what I'd like to see is a, a PC World exclusive report on, uh, and you can write this down if you want. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. The, the self-driving cars when they start repossessing themselves. <laughs> I think you guys should buy one. You should default on the payments. And then you, sh- Adam, you need to record Gordon getting self-driven by by Tesla back. He's like, station. I can't get out. Can't you know, the thing out. is to handcuff yourself to the wheel, like inside. <laughs> you're like, this is mine. And then it rolls up or something. And you're like, what? That's pretty I, good. I, I just can't imagine. I know that they're pushing that. I just can't imagine that. So, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, two more quotes and real quick, a uh, friend of the show, Ruru2. Uh, Steve, are you going to Computex? Yes, definitely. Really excited for Computex, actually. All right, we'll see you there. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one from Starscream over on the Discord. Uh, I'm going to add to it. Uh, are Are you ever going to upgrade your home PC uh, with the FX thirty uh, eighty three hundred, or is it just too meme worthy at this point? Uh, Steve, I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this uh, live out here on the air. Come to the come to the PC World offices. We'll build you a new PC. Oh, we'll build. Oh, you guys know how to do PC. that. No. Yeah, I, I I will buy the parts. We'll build you a new PC. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. I don't know. You could build your own. Yeah. I've just been using this whole this thing the whole time. Yeah, you can do it. We'll show you. Gordon Gordon here knows how to build a PC. He'll uh wow. I'll step you through the process. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. Old he mostly just drinks and supervise. Oh, true. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> We'll make a better video. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm not kidding. If if you want to come out, we'll we'll build a PC. Definitely, yeah, definitely oh. want to head out there. I think Maybe I emailed a Gordon. Lake, build you a Skylake or something. I think. Yeah, that'd be a good upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still. You know, two might be an upgrade. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, again, once again, if you're not subscribed to uh, Gamer Sexist channel, please go over there, like and subscribe. And by the way, go for, visit the Gamer Sexist store. Really awesome hardware there. I got a Gamers Nexus toolkit. Uh, just bought the 15th nice. anniversary. Um, oh yeah, we gotta have you t-shirt. sign that. We 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 bought one unsigned so that you could sign yeah, it. I'm bringing. I gotta send text. you guys. Uh, yeah, I gotta send you guys the solder mats too. But I, you know, see, like I'm gonna cheap out if I bring it to Computex and have them sign it there. It's like ah, see, I don't have to pay for the. But 
But yeah, Don't give please. People ideas. Because, you know, go over there and buy the, the merch because that helps support the investigations that they're doing over there. Uh, good stuff for the community for all of us. So I highly encourage that. I do also know Steve and his team basically have probably not slept uh, last week. So we are going to let uh, Steve peace out on us now. But hopefully we'll see you for some video at Computex yeah, for some definitely. fun there. Looking forward to it. Best uh, PC show on the planet, Computex, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank, yeah, Thank you, Steve. Adios, dude. We will see you later. See ya. Uh, man, it's always always a good time having a, a Steve on. Glad to have him. Um, any Anything else you want to wrap up on the, this topic, or should we move to the next one? Uh, I, I think we got it all there. It is, you know, it is a little disconcerting that there was this level of, of breakdown communication between everybody. <laughs> but, you know, I do think, you know, Steve has a good point, and, and this has happened over and over again because... Um, just to summarize, people want high performance. They want they want all the knobs. They want the most. The vendors sell on that performance. They need the bigger thing on the box, and every vendor is pushing that really hard. And sometimes things break down, and things are really really complicated. So it does happen. But put things in perspective, you're probably going to be okay. I mean, honestly, it sounds like you're you are fine. You know, run stock or, and, you know, keep an eye on the BIOSes because it's going to get ironed out really quickly. So, and definitely, again, you know, um, when people overreact to things, that's when things uh, get a little broken by the vendors go like, you know what, we're not going to do that again because we got beat up over it. So if you don't, if you don't want them to take away the nice things, even though, yes, clearly it was on their end that this was a breakdown, please do not overreact to it. So. And that's that's for everybody. That's for all vendors. You know, overreacting and freaking out and losing losing your head over it is um, makes the vendors not want to do uh, fun things. So just remember that sometimes when you're talking and your do- NBA level of trash on the internet <laughs> about everybody. So, and Gordon has definitely made this point. But do support independent journalism if you can. Yeah. Go buy their shirts. Go read their videos. Leave the ads on. Whitelist them an ad blocker uh, because. This stuff does cost money and time, which is itself money. And if he hadn't put this out there, if that team hadn't been able to do this. Now, if you are one of those rare folks who do run into this issue, you have a cover for it. It helps you out. It helps us all out. So if you like something, support it anyway you can. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, well, may- maybe the next Outrage Pony is over Intel's new CPU naming scheme? What 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 is this? I, I actually don't fully understand it what's, uh, what's official here so i so i'm gonna i'm gonna point to the this is a, a videocards.com story it's a headline intel to say goodbye to its iconic core i9 i7 i5 i3 branding following a leak featuring the upcoming meteor lake p processor intel came forward to confirm product name change uh, bernard fernandez director of global communications and intel corporation again this is video cards uh, please go there and read the content Great stuff uh, if you always want to be on the bleeding end of information and leaks. Confirmed the rumors about Intel changing the product naming last week, an entry over at Ashes of the Singularity, which is what everybody kind of like got everybody in tizzy over, showed um, Core Ultra 5 1003H as a new product. H, of course, is a laptop uh, CPU, not a desktop CPU. And then it looks like, um, again, Intel, uh, Bernard Fernandez, according to Twitter, he says, yes, 
We are making brand changes as we're at an inflection point in our client roadmap in preparation for the upcoming launch of our hashtag Meteor Lake processors. We will change, we will provide more details regarding these exciting changes in the coming weeks. Exclamation hashtag Intel, uh, Bernard Fernandez said on. So there's some thought that they're basically going to drop the I and add an ultra somewhere. So like core ultra nine or core nine ultra. I don't know. When, when was the last time or when, when did they start doing the, the I I'm trying to think 2008. It was like the core two duo era. And then they added the I cause it was just the cool thing like iPhone. Well, I, I think it was Intel cause it's, you know, Intel has had lowercase I sometimes. Wait, so Intel core Intel nine. Well, they, so originally it was, remember we went from, we went from Pentium and just a clock speed to Pentium D, which was like D is like, that's like, it's better than an F, right? That's like, <laughs> that's like it doesn't really imply the, the D, I think you think. It was like, I don't think that really, I mean, you couldn't really make Pentium 4 any better anyway. Core, then you had Core Duo, which was the original, uh, you know, core based parts for laptops. And then that then morphed into Core 2. Duo Core Two Quad. Then they got all of us down there. I remember going down to Intel. They got into one of the meeting rooms. You know, there were a bunch of everybody. Charlie was there, um, etc. And they ran the new branding process. It was like, hey, we're gonna do. We're gonna lose the Core Two stuff. We're gonna call it uh, Core I. You know, three Core I five Core I seven. At that time, there was no uh, Core I nine. Obviously, that came along later. And, you know, anytime you do new branding, even the original core uh, was when they moved from Pentium to core was like, what? That seems really stupid because at the time they had not established that the core branding was like as awesome as it was because people don't remember Intel had been getting its ass handed to it by AMD at the time. Pentium 4 was just, you know, getting clobbered and. They, when they came up with Core 2, people were like, this seems kind of stupid. They're like, what do, what do you like? <laughs> so like, so like, because you at the time, clearly multi-core, right? Like dual cores. You're going to name your CPU the core. Like, that's just like calling your, your graph, like the new GeForce graphics graphics. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it, the reaction was, was negative. And I can tell you, anytime the media has a reaction to branding and the, and the consumers, you can always tell that we're wrong because over the over time, Core came out, it kicked ass, it basically put AMD in its box for, they vanished under the waters for many years again. Uh, Core did that, and then of course Core i7 came out and as, as again was another big winner, and they'd moved to the i3, i5, i7, and the loose, because we are again, you know, classic, if you think the media is something to rely on, uh, I usually go the opposite direction of what we say. <laughs> they, their, the idea was like, look, we want to be able to communicate easily, you know, a, you know, like an entry level skew, a mid range skew, and a high end skew. Uh, and you know, they sort of said like it's like a BMW. You know, you got the you got a BMW three series. Okay, it might be a coupe. Maybe you're not rich. You got the seven series, five series. It's kind of like that, and it, it took a while, but it ended up working. Um, this, to me, honestly, I don't think is a big deal. There, I've already seen some people like, this is crazy to drop branding that you've built up for, whatever, 15 years. If they're going to go from Core i7 to Core Ultra 7, I think the average consumer 
who goes into Best Buy, Costco, as long as they see Core and they see Seven, they see Intel, it, it'll work on them. So I don't, I don't honestly think it's a big deal. So, I, I think the devil's going to be in the details because we don't actually know what the branding change yeah, is going to be yet. So I don't want to put the cart too far ahead of the horse yet. Yeah. Right. But uh, Meteor Lake is a big change in how they make processors. Like they're doing that UCIE, like Lego like construction of chips now. So right. it's like a fundamental change. Hmm. And who knows? Maybe the standard i7, i5 stick around, but then they attach a badass Arc GPU block to one of these. And those are the ultra ones. Yeah. No, in that's which a really case, good that point. would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, well, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, Core Ultra 9. Well, Core 9 Ultra might work a little bit. I'm, I'm sick of all these companies naming their stuff Ultra Super uh, Epic. Yeah. Like, it was funny at first, but now that everyone's doing it, it's like... It's a little well, but much. also, don't they <laughs> almost kind of have this delineation in the laptop parts? Because there's i3, i5, i7, i9, but there's H, U, and you know what I mean? So, like, it, like it, it's kind of... Like still almost segmented between power envelopes, but then also the the different core counts. Yeah, and they really also ran into that problem where they wanted to try to they like I'm with that Brad. That makes so much sense because remember when Tiger Lake and uh, and originally Ice Lake came out, they really wanted to like, hey, we're giving you better graphics, and they really wanted to work that into the the model number, like because they they had had Core i seven U for a long time or core i5 u whatever mm-hmm. and then when tiger lake came out that was the first time i remember well, i don't remember what they kept for ice lake but that was like it was like oh it's not actually core i7 u whatever it was actually a core i7 up three or whatever like oh, it was like we were like what i forgot oh yeah it but, denominates the better graphics core on the higher end you know that you got you got the and best nobody but nerds is ever going to know that yeah. but just slap an ultra or something on there especially on the laptop no and it makes sense too brad because that makes so much sense because you know maybe you buy a core ultra nine in an h class well would you get it with you might get an h class so you basically get now your high-end art graphics the ultra so you're mm-hmm. now getting it says in the name you're getting ultra graphics, which is going to be really nice because you're going to get clearly, you know, a decent amount of performance out of a graphics core from Intel. And then maybe as you get down to, hey, so maybe you have a an HX part, it won't be ultra, which is, although is that's going to be weird. So if ultra denotes the graphics core, is a consumer going to go, oh, I want the ultra, but this doesn't have the ultra, but the HX is going to be more cores, higher clocks, maybe. I or yeah. maybe I, would be, I, I find it, it interesting that the first one, the first leak that we're seeing is a core i5 part. That could be for many different reasons. But I think it'd be cool if they're designed to be like MX level replacements. And so they're more mainstream kind of chips. And you know, if that winds up being we're speculating wildly right now. Yeah. But if uh, you know, Core i5 comes out, Core i5 Ultra or Core Ultra 5 or whatever it's being called. Uh, and you can say, hey, you know, I can play games at medium to low settings. I can do some content creation work. That's why it's called Ultra. But right. they're not even on the HX chips because if you get an HX chip, you're pairing it with a, you know, a discrete forty class card or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. It does. It does really because I mean, it, it is worth probably the change because Meteor Lake will be a huge change for Intel, right? Because this is yeah. this is their Lego stack parts that is, you know if it works out could be very significant for the company. Although, I, you know, so again, so bring this back to the original, this is basically because someone leaked a performance score for, uh, in ashes of the singularity benchmark. Mm-hmm. 
it's hard to believe that that is done accidentally because they change this. You can't even accidentally do it anymore. You got to check the box on everything. Is it? Now. I yeah. thought I'm At least last time I checked it, it was. I haven't tested Ashes of Singularity in a couple of years. Yeah, they I, had changed it back then. I check. So you know, when I when I do CPU reviews, so I'll have like, okay, this is a public review chip. I'll like whatever. I'm not going to be careful, but like on the one that's not reviewed. Fire up the benchmark, unplug Ethernet. That's why I like Ethernet over wireless because unplug Ethernet, run the benchmark. I'm not going to screw something up. It just kind of, that's why it always, I really don't know who leaked this, but you always wonder like, eh, did they do this as a trial balloon just because they want to get people talking about it and seeing how people. I find it interesting that they responded to this out loud. Yeah. Right. That was the shocking part to me to see Bernard tweet about it. Like, when you see stuff like this, they normally don't acknowledge it whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that he said coming weeks, like Computex is in a few weeks. So I would imagine that's a good place to show off new branding. We'll, we don't know if we'll see any performance, but um, I, I and think 2023 is going so fast. Computex is in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, real quick from, from a high level. I mean, recently they got rid of the Pentium and the yeah. Celeron naming. That was now here's another naming shakeup. So many naming shakeups on the CPU side. Yeah, and the Pentium, of course, is tough because that's that goes all the way back to the original Pentium part. So that I know that was, there's definitely that was controversial at Intel. There's still some people that are wedded to that. So who knows if they ever bring it back again? But um, this I can see doing this. I'm not sure if this is the actual final. Would it really be? I, who knows? Because it looks... I mean, who knows what it is, but I mean, it, no matter what, they, they said they are changing it. Yeah, they are we, changing We don't know it. what it is yet, but I mean, that's a... Like, why why go through all this effort to, to you know, ch- shake up the naming for all their different CPU? I... If it's not related to graphics or some other block like that, because again, they're doing the Lego-like thing, could be who knows what it, it could signify. But if it's just like... To me, these days... Core i3, i5, i7, i9 has kind of outlived its usefulness because if you look at Core i5 chips, you can find six core chips in there. You can find eight core chips in there. You can find all kinds of wildly different, like i5 used to know four cores, no hyperthreading. You want hyperthreading, get an i7. These days, it's like kind of a crapshoot. So I'm all for them kind of rethinking this. Like on the Ryzen side, it's very straightforward what you get at these different tiers for the most part. On Intel has just been wild, so I, I I'm up behind the idea of them rethinking how to communicate this stuff. Yeah, and then also it it brings me back to AMD's renaming of its mobile parts, right? Because they, you know, the reaction was obviously negative because it confused everybody. Because you literally needed a decoder. Was, oh, I know. It was like it needs like I uh, don't understand, and immediately we like. You worked yourself into is this would this CPU ever be made? It never mm-hmm. it confused us. Um, but I, honestly, you know, from a consumer point of view, it's like okay, this is kind of consuming. This is definitely definitely confusing, but also seeing it from like from their point of view, I think it was actually kind of a good move, maybe bad move, because I kind of felt like AMD was preparing us for the future where you're gonna have mm-hmm. these awesome brand new seven thousand parts. And then, you know, because of the situation in the world, you're going to have 6,000 parts. You might even have 5,000 parts that are sprinkled in there that are still out there in inventory that are going to be got to be sold to somebody. And I kind of wonder if Intel's also, there's some thought that there might be, you know, uh, not everything's going to be Meteor. Some things could be yep. Raptor. 
So maybe some stuff is reused of Raptor. So now, hey, you get a you get a Core Ultra Seven or a Core Seven Ultra. That's the brand new stuff. Yeah, like you, get a, you get a Core Not Ultra. I don't know what you call it. Core Extra. I don't know what's another non. Sounds good, but not ultra. Not Su- as good super? as ultra. What's super? super? No, super better than ultra? No, ultra is definitely better than super. That's definitely ultra. Well, because remember, definitely. it was the Super Nintendo, and then it was going to be the Ultra 64. Uh, that's that's how I remember yeah. it. So. Yeah, that's true. Ultra was better than super, in my mind. Yeah, so it could be super. I mean, you don't know. It could be just something that communicates, sounds good, but it's not as good as ultra, right? So then yeah. the consumer knows, okay, I'm not getting the brand new stuff, but it's pretty good because it says, you know, super sounds pretty good to me, right? So maybe this is paving the way for Intel also recognizing the world has slowed down and, you know, vendors may want to reuse these parts in different models and... If they can sell them at a lower price, you know, it, it can hopefully communicate to consumers that it's not as good. Hopefully that's, you know, because part part of the marketing of the numbers is to convince you that it's some it's newer than what it, than what the old model number was, even though it's basically the same thing. But <laughs> yeah. also communicate that it's not as good as the stuff that costs more, which is the ultra, right? So yep. it's a sleight of hand sometimes to make you not feel that bad of like, because you were... Like, wait a minute, why am I buying a, a Core i7 Raptor Lake for the model that was out last year when this Ultra thing is out, right? So, Yep. And I, you know, I like that potential thought as well because I think that's going to become the new reality now that nodes are getting so expensive to build on. Like, right. you can't make everything 3 nanometer. You ain't putting that in a Chromebook chip anytime soon. But a Zen 2 core, Zen 3 core, still is totally fine for, or in a Core i3, since we're talking about Intel, would be totally fine in a Chromebook or whatever used to be called Pentium. And you still want to roll out new chips that have all the newer technologies but might be based on that older, more cost-efficient node. And so you're going to have to give them a new model number, but then things get really complicated. So. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing I was thinking too, Brad, is like as they go forward, as Meteor comes out, as we're getting these Lego pieces where they snap in different modules from different companies, different different IP from maybe they have like, hey, by the way, this chip is got it is got basically the high end arc graphics and we put pushed on this AI chip from this other company. Or there could be these other modules that are on there. Like they need a way to communicate that this is clearly a very different CPU. And the core i7, i5, i3 doesn't really get that across. And then adding a U or an H. So, I mean, but it, it could be this weird thing where it's like core ultra seven extra AI or something. I don't know. Cause it's definitely, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really complicated because if they can really get this modular design going here, it's going to be super complicated for consumers to understand. And hopefully this helps people understand. Well, what you're yep. getting. And also, I mean, one of, one of the things that, that people get confused about, too, is the the actual generational name, right? We Like, a lot of times we use, like, oh, 11th gen, 12th gen, 13th gen, 14th gen, but sometimes those gens have a mixture of, like, 13th gen is a mixture of Raptor Lake and Alder Lake. There's rumors that there's going to be a mixture of Meteor Lake and Alder Lake in the 14th gen, whatever they call that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's also trying to get around it, too. Like, hey, you know what? Uh, this is ultra this denotes meteor lake or this is super this denotes raptor lake i i don't know yeah and the interesting thing about this leaked the ashes of singularity database entry is core ultra 5 
10003H. So typically the first two letters are the generation. Yep. And they're not there's no 14 here, so what the hell is this like an old coffee lake bar? <laughs> I <laughs> I wouldn't imagine it is. So it does make you think that there's going to be what if they're those just the e-cores? What if the e-cores aren't Skylake anymore? They're Coffee Lake, or maybe they're they're the whole idea of like this whole silly generational thing kind of goes away because maybe the maybe you get these three nanometer parts um, now and then next time it's three nanometer or whatever. I just it just feels like it's getting complicated. Whole, you can't just simply say because you know clearly 13th gen is better than 12th gen because we know it's one more better, right? The AI accelerator could be different. The arc graphic could be different. Maybe the, you know, different PCI. We don't know what's going to happen with Meteor Lake. So I I will look forward to this, but I do know people will be angry. And then there will be many, many snarky stories from media <laughs> saying, oh, my God. But I've gone through this so many times. Yeah. I get it. I've gone through the. I look, going all the way back to the original GeForce launch. Oh my god, the amount of I'm gonna I'm gonna use a curse word here at Disney. So you know we're not gonna give that Disney or McDonald's sponsorship. The amount of shit talk we did like back <laughs> in the office, we were like, oh my god, GeForce, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like GeForce, all that kind of shit talking. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like if you like, I can go back in time and like, yeah, you were wrong and like. <laughs> The, the amount of what the in, NVIDIA has built GeForce branding into now, they're like, you yeah. can definitely like, yeah, throw it in your face. You I know, mean, it, <laughs> it always feels striking. And then you just, uh, after time, it just becomes, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to bring up another console thing, but Nintendo Wii, everyone yeah. was had a shit show with, with Wii. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, eh, whatever, the Wii. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I think people need to like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's going to be, yeah, it, but you know, the, the amount of snarky stories, yeah. everybody's going to try to outdo themselves by this being the, the most the end snarky. of Intel. <laughs> but in the end, believe me, you, when you introduce a new brand, you just stick with it for a while and people won't even remember five years from now what yeah. the hell people were moaning about a few yeah. years ago. So. Well, uh, yeah, when, this, when this news first came up, I was like, man, you know what I would love if they change it so the core actually represents the core count now? So instead of I3, I5, I7, you would have core 4, core 6, core 18. Yeah. But now that we're talking more about all these different things plugging into it, I think that's a terrible idea because I think they're going <laughs> to want to try to make it so the CPU isn't necessarily the focus by itself because these are such complex chips being yeah. pieced together. Right. Because the AI, the graphics, the, the CPU yeah. cores, die, who knows, the cache. Yeah, maybe you're like, hey, I'm, we're going to have a core part made for gaming. You like cache? We give you cache, right? We don't know, right? Yeah. So, And yeah. that's as we go on and they add things to it, so... This new branding might help them hopefully align things so it's easier to commu- easier to communicate. The good news is for us, oh you'll probably still need a decoder wheel to understand it. So. Well, that's why we have, hey, we'll still have we, jobs. Yeah, the, yes. yeah that's why, why we have Gordon here. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, oh, uh, we, we just got a, our friendly Tech Tech Potato in the chat. He said, oh, shoot, I, I missed giving Steve awkward questions. Yes, oh. you did. Uh, that would have been nice. Uh, but the better question is from friend of the show, Eternal Duo A. Uh, good to see you. Uh, gave us five euros. Thank you so much. Said, uh, does the name even matter, or is it really the performance versus price the most important? And yeah, I, I mean, to a certain degree, I believe that's true because especially around the forty seventy, right? Everyone was like, ah, oh, it should have been called a forty sixty or whatever. I mean, whatever. I, you could carry it. You can call it a hot potato. You know, like this is the GeForce RTX hot potato. I, it doesn't matter. 
the name it just matters like what what's what's the performance that's giving you to a certain degree uh that's true but i also think that marketing and branding definitely matters because i know plenty of people are just like i bought a 60 class i bought a 960 i bought a 1060 you know this 2060 is getting a little expensive they want how much for a 3060 kind of a deal like a lot of people buy based off of these things yeah so it does matter and it matters for you know companies like intel and amd to be able to Try to convey to people what kind of thing you might be getting. So I agree when it comes down to it, price of performance is the ultimate arbiter. But there's a reason people get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to marketing executives. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I do think the original, because I, I really, 4070, was it was it 4080? What the hell was it called? 4080 12, 12 gig. gig. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 4070 Ti. That was which, terrible branding. Which then 4070 Ti, you know, I understand both sides of it. You know, ultimately, I sort of saw it as for those who are dipped in it and are going to watch all the videos and read all the reviews, it didn't matter, meaningless. But the casual buyer, they probably would have assumed that their 4080 was going to give them classic, their 80 class performance and it wasn't going to in the, in the relative world. And you could, I could see that that criticism was fair. Well, that that was different Somewhat because fair. that was like, hey, it has it says forty eighty on the box. Which one are you going to get? Oh, this forty eighty is cheaper than this one. Oh, I'm just going to go with the cheaper one. Like that one's like a little misleading. Where I think it's more like people saying, oh, the forty seventy should have been called the forty sixty. It was like, well, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I get it, but also I, I feel like if you're at that level, like, yes, you're right, it, us. We'd look at it, we'll research it, we'll look deep into it. Somebody at a micro center, even a Best Buy or something, looking at it, like, yes, they're they're married to, oh, okay, I always bought a 60 class, I always knew what to look for, but also at the end of the day, they probably were like, oh, you know what, I usually have $250 to spend on a GPU, which one should I get? Yep. Oh, well, this one's called a 3050 instead of a 3060, eh, okay, you know, like, yep. to a certain degree, still, you're limited by the amount of money, or... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it also like across. I mean, also like the forty ninety laptop GPU, forty ninety la- laptop uppercase, right? That, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand why a lot of people were were hot over that too, but you know, also understand why they would do it because they want to. You know, frankly, there is no GPU that's going to touch a forty ninety laptop. So, yeah, cynically, they want to be able to sell people on. They want to get on the coattails of the forty ninety desktop, but. And I mean, to to a certain degree, yes, they want a little bit of confusion to, yeah. you know, try to get some of those people in. But uh, at least on this Intel side, uh, hopefully they're aiming for less confusion, maybe. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, this is a, this is something that OEM told me, Randy Copeland at Velocity Micro told me years and years ago. And it was a really good point. He's like, man, today's today's consumers, they are like every, everybody, even the average person, they are they're hyper researchers. Everybody researches everything. Oh yeah, because we all got these stupid things, so yeah. it's not hard to like look up a, and look at a video or look at a review and see this bar and this bar and see how much. Yep, nobody's walking in and you know, like no, nothing's hidden anymore. So everybody knows exactly what it is. So, I mean, or I, or you have the other thing where they'll walk in, look, oh, what do they have in stock? Oh, I can get a better price on Amazon. Buy, go home. Right, but <laughs> I, I just kind of think like sometimes I think the outrage is not really valid because ain't nobody really was going to be fooled by it it's very hard to fool people by the, the marketing names anymore i think you know? i disagree i disagree yeah. the one that always sticks out to me is the 10 
63 gigabyte versus six gigabyte. It was marketed as three versus six, but it was a totally different cheat. That was worse. Yeah, no, like, and that was <laughs> that was a very cynical. Thing. Well, but that, that was also like the, that was also like the forty eighty thing, you know, where it's yeah, like oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. But I think Intel hopefully is trying to make things more clear. <laughs> uh, let's hope so. Or you know, God, who the hell? I mean, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to remember through COVID and through 25 years of memories. I swear to God, and I need to, I need to ask Charlie this because he was at that meeting. I, I swear to God, because we were in this room like, oh, I don't, what the, what the F is this I3, I7, I5 thing? And I swear to God, somebody, an Intel executive was like, well, this is, we think it's a good thing because if there's confusion, the consumer We'll talk to somebody who knows. They're going to talk to the <laughs> person in the blue shirt. They'll, okay, they'll yeah, go no. to read. That was like literally what, like, really? I, okay, that's an interesting approach. I I guess, you know, I, that, but I, I swear to God that's what somebody no, said. And it was like. That sounds like somebody being like, oh, don't worry, Gordon. We're going to keep you around as a job because we're going to make it so confusing. They're going to need to watch your videos or read your articles. No, I, you know, but again. Uh, you know what? I, the lesson of marketing is tell the media, tell the angry people on Reddit and Twitter to go do this to themselves because we're going to stick with it for the next five years and you won't even remember. Like, because it, no matter what, GeForce, Core, Ryzen, everything, you don't even remember what you're angry about because it, th- that's how branding works. You, That's why that 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 commercial for like, where you give your car to some company and then for kids, supposedly, I don't even know if they got kids that they help, but if you keep singing that jingle, oh, God, it works, jingle. right? Oh. If you keep saying Core I, GeForce, Ryzen, Radeon, it works. <laughs> and that's ultimately what matters. So I, I think as whenever they roll it out and you see the, the hot takes to the reaction to the branding, it won't matter. I it mean, will not matter. honestly, I remember... Uh, around the time I started and we started this podcast, uh, the the Ryzen naming got revealed, and I remember us being like Ryzen, R- Risen. Oh, I Risen? I thought I was yeah. like, wait, are you sure it's not pronounced Risen? Like you know, yeah, uh, a lot of people <laughs> they and like because the Zen name was like, oh, that's badass. You should have just called it Zen, right? But they yeah. probably get, they couldn't get the trademark on it, so yeah, it'd be my guess. Yeah, but yeah, in the end, that's how branding works. It's like you just stick with it. It's like, are those cars going to kids? Are you buying weapon systems for cartels? We don't know, but keep singing that song and like, oh, here it is. I just got this car last year. I called up to give it to you. So that's how it works. Uh, Kelt at Falcon Northwest said, see, uh, Intel supporting tech journalism. That's it. (laughs) By confusing people. Core Ultra 9. What's it? I wonder, that's the desktop parts. I wonder what's going to happen. Or or maybe that's the laptop parts. You know, I mean, there's a lot of thoughts there. Some people I've, you know, of course, you know, the internet rumor mill is definitely, you know, back and forth. They're saying no desktop. Who knows? I, I, I put no stock in any of it. So, yeah, I don't put stock in anything until I see it happen. Yeah. Whatever their announcement wants to be. And I'll look at it then. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we'll <laughs> see something in Computex. Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? Um, all right. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. We will be there. We will be there. <laughs> I uh, look forward yeah. to it. I, I'm hoping this is, I just, we have not been be to Computex trip. since 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Last time we were there, we, did we see Steve? No. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Ooh, did we see Steve? We got like some no, bets we, we got to settle. Yeah, I'm sure we did. We still got to settle that bet. Yeah. I think I won. I've, 
I've never been to Computex. And oh. We were working out me going, hopefully, in 2020, and then yep. no. still haven't been to Computex. We'll, we'll get you year, there. Hopefully. We'll get you there. Yeah. Um, okay, l- let's uh, switch over to some Q&A because we got, we got a couple questions, and then we will wrap it up over here. If you have a question, uh, get it in now uh, at PC World in the chat. Uh, it's easier for me to see with my old man eyes. Uh, uh, or if you're watching and listening to this later, use the, the link to our friendly discord in the description. There is a, uh, full nerd questions segment that you can get some questions in there. Uh, this first one is a $5 or no, a five euro super chat from our eternal duo Uh, why has no one looked at the OC 3070 versus an OC 4070? Seriously, a single eight pin does it limit stuff? Does it make the thirty seventy closer? And I, I I'll say I'll, I did a video yesterday uh, on Redfall and uh, my where I, I put it put uh, eight different GPUs and played a, a little section of it just to kind of roughly see performance. And uh, yeah, I, I threw the forty seventy in there and I was like, oh wow, this is just one eight pin uh, power PCI power cable. That this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but have uh, have you looked at this, uh, Brad? Have you done any sort of testing with that stuff? I have not done any follow up testing with that yet. It's just been uh, very busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, that is something. That kind of testing, hopefully, is something that some of the more enthusiast YouTube channels I hope to find pop up on there. Uh, hopefully, I have time to do it someday. But I tend to find smaller channels tend to do cooler stuff like that. Yeah. So I look for that. Uh, Maybe I will soon. I just was reminded that Computex is this month, so we'll have to see how this month goes. It's definitely, definitely creeping up. It's a good idea. Like, I get what you're asking for. I fully understand what why you're asking for that, and it's, it's a fun, interesting idea. So, going up with a weekend for you, I might play with that. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Travis Peacock, uh, gave his question. Um, uh, but what what are we excited about for Computex? And what are, we, what are we even looking forward to? CES 2024. Well, the CES is... New Intel branding. Yeah, it's new Intel branding. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> to bring it back. Gordon, what, what are you excited for? I always over... Like, I always like... I, I don't know if it's just part of my psych up for trade shows. Because mm-hmm. you gotta you really have to make yourself excited to sit on a plane for 14 hours and, you know, do things to your body for, for several days. I My predictions... Because I don't know. I have zero idea. But it's like, I just psych myself up because like, I have to like mentally prepare myself. Oh, you know what? I, I can confirm Gordon loves to psych himself up. But like, I'm always... What if we see this? What if we I'm see this? I'm always wrong. So that's the thing that <laughs> I know that you should always take this. Okay, here's my predictions. We're going to see because I have no idea what anybody's doing. Intel going to show off Meteor Lake demos. We don't know when it's going to ship, but they are hot to trot. They want to get in this. They're going to show off Meteor Lake. I think it's going to be very impressive. Going to be, hey, maybe, you know, maybe Apple would maybe want to like dish that whole M series thing you're doing and come back. I don't know. That's, we could see that happen with Meteor Lake. Two, AMD, I think they've really kind of basically kind of shown most of the cards. I'm hoping, although we don't know, maybe Threadripper. So maybe Threadripper for desktopy kind of performance i mean that's kind of like a big splashy thing they could do there um maybe a new radeon possibility uh nvidia i think uh 4060 uh low end 4060 and i actually so this is my high hope overshooting everything to get psyched up i think they're going to go for 4090 ti titan level graphics card go for broke yeah 
power supplies are there now finally you know they've clearly established that hey <laughs> the $1500 car is the best deal now we got the $2000 car <laughs> that is the best deal because this one is insane right so i i would think cuz Jensen's going to be giving the keynote so i kind of think 4060 it's exciting because if the costs are reasonable, I probably it's not a showstopper. It's though. not a showstopper. I think you you break out the big guns. Gents is going to come out and drop forty ninety Ti Titan level graphics. Bam! And funny enough, uh, Linus Tech Tips just put up a video where they modded a forty ninety to run at a thousand watts. Oh yeah, go <laughs> so, uh, watch that. It's fun. <laughs> what, what was performance? Have you watched it? <laughs> Uh, the performance didn't increase as much as you would think, mm. so that's probably why it wasn't the crazy high numbers they were talking about to begin with. Oh, uh, but yeah. it's still a really fun video. I love just why the heck not kind of videos. Yeah. I, I just think that because uh-huh. that card is so overbuilt, mm-hmm. and the vendors are like, man, you made us build these things, and you know we ate like an extra 15% on bomb costs just on these stupid coolers for nothing. Like, mm. we got to go to that next level, right? It just feels like there's yep. got to be, and Computex I- would be a good place to drop it. I agree a thousand percent with you. Uh, uh, if there is going to be a 4090 Ti, I think that's the place that it gets thrown out there. And it will probably be pitched as an AI accelerator. I wouldn't even be surprised if they put 48 gigs of memory on there or something like that. And can they with that board? They, yeah, they can with that board layout. Uh, and just pitch it as AI so it keeps playing into the AI, the ultimate gaming, the ultimate AI at home card. Uh, $2,500 then, not $2,000. Yeah, it's definitely not. $2,500. Yeah, $2, <laughs> I mean, they, they you know, well, do they call it a, a, a Titan? Do they bring back the Titan? Because uh, the Titan makes it sound different than just the TI. TI just yeah. seems like a spec bump. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 48 gigs, call it a Titan. I like it. There's my, I'm glad we don't have paper on the line. There's, there's my, <laughs> I'll, I'll take paper on all three of those because I like, I like taking those bets because I, I just think like, yeah, twenty five hundred dollars. And the thing is, the surprise thing is, we think of like the times vendors have tried to 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 test the limits of the market. Ten core Broadwell E, <laughs> one thousand seven hundred twenty three dollars. <laughs> that was obviously there was that was that um they hit that barrier and then like Icarus they came flaming back down to earth with Ryzen <laughs> soon to follow. Nvidia has not found the upper limit of consumer consumption for i mean maybe this is not the time to introduce a 20 that's why i think they got to pitch it as ai that's why they got to pitch it as ai you can do your stability diffusion stable diffusion at home you can run your local language models yeah 2500 bucks the return of the titan yeah uh that's what i'm guessing i personally uh i think we'll be seeing 60 class cards Rumors are saying potentially from both sides around then. That would be exciting to see. Uh, um, it's, my reaction to those will be depending on their technical configuration and prices, obviously. So I'm glad. I hope to see the start of the mid-tier start to appear again finally, all these months later after this generation launches. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. And honestly... I'm excited for display technology. Display technology has been on a tear the last couple of years. Each major trade show, there seems to have been recently something new and utterly amazing that comes out. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see something at Computex based off of that. Uh, in Taipei, AU Optronics just had a big display show showing off all kinds of crazy 
panel technologies, it'd be cool to see actual monitors using some of that, even if it's coming in six months or whatever. Yeah. You know, and actually another place that is like classically Computex show-offy for Intel is um, HEDT. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just kind of, I'm pulling out of my butt here, but maybe we'll see a Sapphire Rapids extreme, you know, performance skew mm-hmm. show-off, just demo. So, I mean, honestly, that could work if they do Meteor Lake on mobile and then they do Sapphire Rapids to push, you know, the kind of insane HEDT to compete, then that might be a good place for it. So Ian says 28 cores at 5 gigahertz. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Okay. Quick question for me. Uh, What what do you think? uh, Anything from Arc? Do you think we'll see any any Battle Mage tees, or do you think it'll just be maybe Meteor Lake? Too early, kind I of tees. I think it's mobile. I think it's too early. I think it will depend on whether or not that Meteor Lake rebranding is heavily tied into Arc graphics chips. Yeah, I think if Arc is there, it's hopefully learn their lesson and not not show stuff too early for Battle Mage. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think it's too early. I think they they want to play it very safe. But Meteor and... Lake, I could see Meteor. Lake. Yeah, in, into the into the into the the mobile parts, but I I, I just feels like they want to come out, have it nailed down, yep. and and you know let they probably also want to let AMD and Intel and and Nvidia sort of settle down their stacks, product stacks, and then mm. see where they can attack for pricing too. You know, once everything's out there, but I, I it feels like it's a little early for us. You know, the next gen of, yeah. of Arc. Well, actually, uh, when Tom was on the show, whenever a couple months ago, uh. He did kind of allude to some what was it DX10 improvements was kind of the because they did they did nine DX9 big improvements in DX11 oh DX11 yeah yeah so DX11 improvements could be coming you know oh yeah I could see that maybe that's when they not new hardware I think that's they want to make sure it's gonna not it's not gonna launch the way (laughs) original hopefully hopefully so. Uh, All right, uh, over on the Discord, uh, I got a question from. Uh, Champ, eighty oh seven. Why is a two point seven slot GPU not just called three slot? It requires three slots in the system, and a PCI slot does not come in point one slices. I agree, but when it comes to size, smaller numbers are better. Mm-hmm. Just the opposite. We talked about with Steve about bigger bars are better in motherboard charts. Talking about a big old graphics card, two point five sounds better than three, even though it's functionally the same. I consider anything over two functionally a three-slot graphics card, but it does make a difference because some of like the PCIe add-in cards for SSDs and stuff like that, like if something's like 2.2 slots, you might be able to fit it in there, but not 2.7. So I, I suppose there might be a technical reason, but to me, it's mostly marketing. You know, you know actually, I kind of, it kind of bugs the hell out of me because these 2.5, 2.7 cards, I don't like them because you you basically are taking up only two in it, two slots and the cards are so big and heavy, you're doing yourself no favor because if you actually use a three-slot, you know, three add-in slots, you're actually going to get a little better support because it's Ability. now longer. Yeah. But I kind of realized I think the reason why they're doing it is because most vertical mounts are two. They're not giving you three for the vertical mounts. So if they had actually gone to, you know, a full three-slot, you know, configuration, then a lot of cases just wouldn't work for vertical mounts, which kind of sucks because... You're giving up that Wait. stability of that that three slot. All right, I got another prediction. Oh, okay. Uh oh. RTX 
Ada Lovelace Titan will be the first three slot. <laughs> or not firstly. The first three slot founders edition. <laughs> uh I'll say on the small form factor side of things, uh have, having that point seven versus a point eight sometimes in those small form factor cases is nice. So yeah. But there's still I mean it's, it's still it's the only same kind of two vertical. slots though, right? Same thing though. It's, yeah. Well yeah. No, but I'm talking about the, the like the shroud. Like it's yeah. like, oh hey, you know what, some small form factors will fit a two point seven, but they won't fit a two point eight. In, you know. That's a good point. That's a good point, Gordon. Actually, because yeah. if you did use the three PCIe slots rather than two, you would have a lot more stable base. Yeah, and I don't. I but you know, it's one of those things where you make a card. I was looking over at a graphics card. Sorry, I wasn't <laughs> trying to look away from you. <laughs> no, but I think it's because you make a product and you're like, you want to make it. You want to maximize compatibility. You, mm-hmm. you they could include a different you know adapter and you could swap it out, but that's a pain for consumers. Yeah, which kind of sucks because. So now instead of, you know, I, I imagine most people are, well, I don't know. It's hard to say, but my, in my limited view of the world, I think most people are doing conventional mounts in slot. Yeah. But because of that 10% are doing vertical mounts and because of USFF people, they basically are, are making the cards less stable, Adam. No, or they're just cheaping out on supplies. Uh, the 4080 I have, it's an MSI Ventus 3X OC, something like that. Um, has has the bracket with three. It actually takes oh, really? up three slots. Oh, nice. The the actual shroud is a little bit shorter, which is funny, but it, it actually does have the the three slot. Um, yeah. yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, another question over here, uh, from Doctor K M R K. I guess. Uh, whatever happened to the news about the forty series GPU power connector issues? Where where'd that go? The the twelve volt high power. The well, basically, what happened was uh, Steve, as always, poured a bucket of cold water on it, and uh, you, you basically we all learned going from a connector we've been using for eighteen odd years to plug it in all the way, pull out a little bit to make sure it's snug, and then plug it back in again. So basically, that's what happened. New I connector. don't know. I don't know if it's a placebo effect or not. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I thought you were done. Uh, but on the 4070, it's cable adapter there to go into the 16 slot, 12 slot, or whatever you want to call it, uh, power connector. It seemed like it locked in a little bit more securely than it does on the other ones. So I think they're working towards fixing that. I'm not sure if I, I'm not saying that definitively. Like I said, it could be placebo effect, but to me, it seemed to lock and click better than the 4070 Ti, 4090, and 4080 did. Uh, I, I guess it could be. I mean, Clearly, all the vendors are are probably taking a little harder look at the plastics and the vendors, the connectors that they use, and it's possible. But I also do think after the f- public freakout that everybody had, people are also like, okay, <laughs> I better make sure the damn thing is plugged in all the way. There's still definitely yeah. some weaknesses to it, but, you know. But you got to also realize, like, I think it speaks to the fact that all of these catastrophic failures absolutely should be covered and they should be something people are aware of right. but they affect typically very small amounts of people like same with 4090 same with my radion driver bug that we talked about a month or two ago same with this with the exploding things all these are catastrophic showstoppers and they should be covered but there's a reason they got through testings right. because they're very rare and uh i think the vast majority of people who buy graphics cards aren't following up on the news and watching youtube videos and stuff all the way so 
I don't think that awareness is necessarily the whole answer there, because I think a lot of people who are buying 4070s have no idea that this was in the 4090s. So, yeah, no, that's true too. But I, it's also, you know, again, talking about the news here is, is again, that was high profile. It's just simply not to freak out. And the problem is there's a problem. There's this massive ripple effect where everybody just simply repeats what happens. Then there's deeper research. Then we sort of get to the root of the problem. And by then, damage is done where you go and you you put a Twitter post of, hey, I just got my 7800X3D. And you get 35 people say, oh, it's going to blow up. Oh, it's going to blow up. Oh, it's going to... Come on. It's just not. And that is the problem with... Uh, with it, I think, is people overreact and then they want to NBA trash talk about it. And <laughs> it's just not reality. You know, again, there oh. were 50 reports of total high power. There's less than a handful that we know of the X3D parts that have new, that we know of. Could be more. It is a real problem. It should be talked about. But I think that my problem is the people that just want to get, they just want to pull their hair out and start crying. And then they go out and they want to trash talk because, by the way, I bought the other team stuff and I didn't want to go out and trash talk you. It's just... It's just not a. It's just not the good way to handle stuff. Yeah, people should wait and see for testing. Like if it's uh, if it's big enough to make headlines, us or Steve or AMD or Intel or Nvidia, they're all looking at it. Uh, and once something is in the public like that, that's when things do definitely get fixed. Like the issue that I ran into, the reason I actually wrote about it because you know stuff happens. Uh, is because I Googled it and people were having this issue for a couple right. of months. And so my putting the line on it is what made, you know, some of the fixes start to happen. Right. And but you yeah. don't know what the core issue is. So you see that you go, oh, that sucks. But don't jump to overreact and pick up for it. Right. And that's but, why it's important to talk about it. And I don't think yes. anything I'm saying, I'm not encouraging. Because frankly, if you don't talk about it, then it gets swept under the carpet. That's not good. Yep. Um. But, you know, it just just simply take it for what it is, put it in the correct perspective. So don't overreact. Don't do the freak out. And then also, please don't. And I know this is a hard thing. Don't do the NBA trash talking. Right. That's just it's it's ridiculous to me because it's just, you know, they, these are companies. They make mistakes. It sucks. They make the mistake. Everybody needs to ride their ass so they fix it. And then hopefully it's fixed everybody's satisfaction. But then don't. Don't six months later when there's no problem, then go in and like, oh, hope it doesn't blow up. I hope that doesn't catch on fire. You know, it just kind of, you know, that, that I think doesn't help. To me, the greater takeaway from this recent rash of stories is you have to expect problems if you were on the bleeding edge. We always say that, like, I feel like some of us forget that sometime. But like this issue with my driver bugs, these are the first GPUs with the memory chiplets. Uh, the 4090s were the first chips to have this new power connector. AM5 is the first new platform. These things are getting insanely complicated these days with a lot of moving parts. So there's always been caution leaving on living on the bleeding edge. And I think people should definitely keep that in mind as these things only get more complex. Yeah. And there's no, but I am glad. Product, right? Yeah. There's no such thing, but I am glad for whatever reason to see that there are a lot fewer, 40 series cards being burnt out these days. <laughs> oh yeah. No, definitely. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple more and then, uh, we will get out of here. Uh, mm -hmm. friend of the show, Dr. Ian Cutris had a question. Where to go? Oh, uh, AMD quarterly financials tonight. Predictions. Ooh, boy. Huh? Data center plus client 
going to be, it's going to be tough for everybody. I think client's tough for everybody. That's client is the business term for PC stuff that consumers buy. It's, it's been a tough quarter for everybody. Everybody went off the cliff. So that, that's my guess. And, you know, uh, honestly, uh, go to, uh, Dr. Ian Ketcher says, uh, Twitter, because he does these awesome, you know, summaries and charts of, you know, the results that are worth doing since he's, he's more analyst now. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I was like, that was a Ben Kenobi, Darth Vader thing. He's more analyst now than, <laughs> than human. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader more. Was he more machine? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Was it two arms and two legs? I, it seems like mostly still human. Yeah. Either yeah. way, I know he reacted to electricity. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Your father wanted you to have this when he was old enough. After I cut his legs off to get it to you. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't actually say, please give this to my son. It was like, ah, ah that's what he said. <laughs> Um, uh, here's, here's one I forgot to ask a couple weeks ago from friend of the show, CR poll. And I put it in here to remind myself, maybe somebody will ask Gordon why he thinks Rambus got a bad rap, but didn't deserve it. I think, well, okay. Cause I was firmly on the, we are going to crapple over Rambus because of the you know lawyers and all that kind of like stuff. That's one part of it. Um, I was firmly on that bus, that bandwagon. We all crapped in on Rambus. Where I think it ended up being unfair uh, was, as far as technology goes, it probably was the right way to go because, you know, Rambus outperformed DDR, it outperformed dual-channel DDR, and it took years for DDR to catch up to Rambus in performance. And I kind of think, as enthusiast press, why the hell do we care so much about Micron and you know, on all these memory vendors and Samsung and all these memory vendors, bottom lines and whatever, whatever their, their, the, the battles are with Jetic and all that sort of politics. Shouldn't the only thing that really mattered to, con- to enthusiasts and consumers is what gives you more, more speed. And in the end, Rambus up until it fell totally off the rails was actually what gave you more performance over DDR. And I, I look back at that as a, as a lesson where, we got caught up in the hating of like, oh, Rambus has this kind of monopoly on it. The prices are expensive and all that. And I agree the prices sucked. I'm not sure it was totally all because of all that stuff. But, you know, you basically had very large companies fighting another large company. And then we sort of inserted ourselves to crap all over one of them because of what we saw there. And I don't know if that was the right thing to do because if you're only concerned about speed, and one enthusiast one, it should have just been, damn, you know, quad channel RAM bus would have been hella badass. And it would have been nice to see CPUs move on with quad channel or eight channel RAM bus in consumer trim that it took a long time for DDR to catch up on. And that's why I think I always take that lesson because I was clearly in that bandwagon of we are going to crap all over, you know, RAM bus because that's, that was the way of, that's what everybody did. But I mean, ultimately, you're talking about multi-billion dollar companies against another multi-billion dollar company. And I'm not so sure that that's where you should be as as enthusiast consumer press. You should just be what's faster, what's cooler. So, Well said. Um, yeah, uh, here, here's some practical advice uh, from Visible Spark. Visible Spark. Uh, I'm looking to get a GPU off eBay and looking at 3080s, roughly. Uh, what should I be looking at slash four so I don't get burned? 
when buying a GPU off eBay? Uh, if you can find something showing that it is working, like if you say, hey, if they have like videos showing that it's running and stuff like that, that's good. Uh, I'm personally super hesitant about buying stuff off of eBay, so I'm kind of the wrong person to ask. But I know uh, one of our contributors, Tiago Trevison, who runs the uh, Classical Tech Technology uh, YouTube channel. Go check it out if you haven't yet. He does great stuff. He covers GPUs all the time. He's a huge, huge GPU supplier. Uh, buyer, not supplier. <laughs> That'd be a conflict of interest. But uh, he did a good guide to us about what to look for in a used graphics card. I'd recommend going and looking that up. I don't have all that information straight off the top of my head. So these days, it gets weird with all the mining farm stuff that's been going on these days. Okay, nice. I'm. That's not nice. That's a terrible answer, and I'm sorry I can't do more. Hey. I'm my, I'm sick, and my mind is a little bit cloudy <laughs> yeah. today. That's why I was quiet during the Steve part. <laughs> <laughs> go go read PC World. It's uh, TLDR. Wow. The boss of PC yeah. World wants you to read PC World. <laughs> uh, news at nine. Yeah, also, <laughs> I want to point out, I, I to me, the... Like my input is like, I definitely would pay attention to price because and yeah. seller when thirty eighty when you're looking at what forty seventy, you you yeah. they're definitely depending on the price there could they're be the some same. crossover, mm-hmm. and then you're sort of like, I sort of like if you're looking at next generation performance, Nvidia is always going to be pushing their new cores, not the old cores. That's going to get the most service. I I wouldn't mention that, but also well, but hopefully he's looking at a thirty eighty for like four fifty. Yeah, like so I, I think, I think that's see, more. I, I these days a forty seventy is basically a thirty eighty with worse four K performance, uh, two gigs more memory, and DLSS three, and those are going for six hundred bucks, or sometimes you can find them on sale new. So if you're looking for a used thirty eighty, I would probably be shopping around the. Four hundred dollar mark, four fifty max. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some we already... up to five hundred, but yeah, Ooh, I wouldn't do that. It's about yeah, that's kind of like that crossover point where why are you buying a used product for five hundred dollars when for a hundred more bucks? The used well, market some over five hundred too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim over at Hardware and Box does a great monthly GPU pricing segment. Like, what's the state of the GPU market? The used market, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, he made the point, in, I think it was the last video, that the used market always lags behind more than you thought it would because these are people selling cards that they're hoping to get maximum dollar for, right. even if the real economies with the 4070 being has changed. So if you're looking to get a 3080 for roughly 500 bucks, 475, I would maybe wait another couple of weeks, see if they come down further. Cause me with the 4070 out these days, I personally would be in it for about 400 bucks. Uh, and one other uh, tidbit of information is if you're interested in buying used GPUs on eBay, uh, I would definitely also check out videos from Brian over at Techia city. And also like yeah. subscribe desktop. He, over the GPU drought, leaned in really, really heavily to what it's like buying used GPUs and, and also used mining GPUs. Um, so I think he has a lot of good advice you can take to heart on how safe it is to buy a used mining GPU. You would hope that the mining farms are willing to dump things at better price. So definitely watch a lot of his videos on buying used uh, you know, GPUs on, on eBay, especially mine, uh, mine ones, to see whether that, that advice can help in your search. So. 
Cool. We got there eventually after my terrible answer. Thanks, team. <laughs> no worries. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, we should wrap it up. Uh, yeah, so we can get out of here. Okay, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, uh, Steve at Gamers Nexus will intercept bad hardware heading for one of the hardware companies. <laughs> downfield. <laughs> Intercepted, no flags thrown, and run it back to the end zone. Same questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. I'm Gordon Nung with Brad Charkas. Next episode is the 256-bit era. Yes, we read the pre-show comments. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, and thanks to Steve uh, Gamers Nexus, who was here earlier. Please go over there, like, and subscribe, and buy, buy some of that merch to support the awesome investigations they do. I'll say bye for Steve. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Patrick Burns is going to hit the off switch. Uh, awesome shirts like, like this one. Uh, and we did get actually two new reviews on, on the podcast. Uh, one of them from VMAT 1980 gave us five stars. Thank you so much. Said, been listening for years now. Hey, me too. Wow, I got something mm-hmm. in common. Uh, love the podcast. Keep up the good work, you guys. FYI, Aliens is a better movie. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five star uh, review. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we got another five stars uh, from Lili Socho. Said, it's one of the best podcasts that talks about tech and in general computer hardware in the industry at large. Has often great guests and in general every episode offers good insights and topics at hand. Oh, this must be a different show he's talking about. I know. Uh, while professional, the crew is fun to hang out with and often like to poke uh, at each other. Yes, it's true. It is. So thank you for those reviews. Uh, we're, we're getting those thank reviews hot much. and heavy. I uh, I appreciate it. it. It's fun to to read them, actually. <laughs> so anyway, thanks, everybody. I'm going to go get some uh, lunch, and I need to queue up the uh, exit music. And here we go. Goodbye. <laughs>